Hi folks, welcome to episode 13 of the Colour Tour. It's coming from Madrid. It's an amazing, vibrant city. Lots of bars, restaurants, lots of socialising. Spoke to Chema Alba. He's graded over 100 features at his post house, Deluxe, in the centre of Madrid. Ready to have some fun? If you look inside, you can see every possible colour. Chema. How are you? Buenas. In Spanish. Muy bien. Muy bien. Yes. Uh, welcome to the Color Tour podcast. No, welcome to Madrid. Yeah. Oh, it is amazing. I have had a fantastic time. Been here nearly a week. And um, it is a cool place. I've never been in Spain before. And what do you think? Do you enjoy the food? Enjoy the weather? Uh, food, weather, the socializing, drinking. And we've, we've managed to work every day as well. Yeah. We try. It's been great. <laughs> well, this is not easy at the beginning, but you get used to. Yeah. So uh, we are sitting in Deluxe Madrid, and we are talking to one of the premier colorists here because I've been snooping around on IMDb, and you have some pretty good credits. Well, thank you. There thank would you be so nearly a hundred DI movies there. Yes, nearly a hundred. Yeah, I think 100 is the number, yeah. Wow, that, mate, that is good. There's some good stuff in there and there's some older stuff. And I'm also checking out some of the latest Netflix stuff. Elite, which was all over Colombia when we were down there with posters. This is this young people's Netflix show. Way too trendy for me, but it seemed we've done quite well. But you have to give it a chance, you know. It's... Uh... It's a guilty pleasure, this, this TV show, you know, this, it, it catches you, so give it, give it a try. <laughs> so let, let's go back, we've obviously established you've uh, done some great work, so colour correction, why colour correction? Well, um, I study at the university for this, uh, what we call Imagen y Sonido, Images and Sound Studies. Um, I started to work in television, then I moved to a post-production company, but doing scanner and film recording. And I, there I saw people grading and I thought that's for me, you know. I used to do a lot of photographs, still photography for myself, but uh, it was amazing to find that there was a job call colorist <laughs> I mean it was amazing for me and I, I try I try and, and finally I, I get it so where did you where did you have to go did you go knocking on doors and looking around I had it well um, we are talking about 12 years ago so there was no many people doing color grading in Madrid there were like I don't know maybe eight people Ten people with telecines. There were like yes. four, three or four, and it, it wasn't easy to to find the place. So I started like I started just uh, making phone calls to the companies selling Resolve or Baselight or whatever, uh, and say, okay, uh, I was working in another company, just doing scanning and film recording. We say like, okay, just Maybe we are going to buy a resolve. We, we have to try. So everyone after IVC, they say, okay, we have one for a week or two yeah, weeks. Yeah. Okay, just give it to us. Let's try. And so I started by myself, mainly by myself. Yeah. Great. So you just brought practicing. Yep. And so it's, was the company going to move into color grading or was that just your angle to get on a grading box to practice? Uh, it was my... Uh, well, it's good. Yeah, I did it, you know. Yeah. I just asked for permission. Did, say, did, I will call these people. I say, we are going to buy. We know did, we did, are not, but... Did the salesman know they were never going to get a sale? I probably know most of those well, people. Uh, <laughs> somebody, well, somebody... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, publicly, I just <laughs> say I'm sorry for... I'm sorry. No, and, and then Deluxe, it, it wasn't called Deluxe at that point, but uh, this company just called me and said, okay, do you want to try to be a colorist? I haven't colored anything. 
I haven't made any grade. I never have sit with a client, any project, nothing. I have some, you know, I was like for three years, I was just going to the lab just for check the prints that I was recording with the air laser. And, yes. But that was all my connection with the grading and the, and the color. Yeah. It was pretty cool to yeah. learn for the, you know, the graders, the photochemical timers or, um, but I was there as a client. But one day they called me and say, okay, somebody's going, is leaving. So do you want to try? And they just give me a book, you know, 1,300 pages out of this luster book and say, okay, whenever you're ready, we just sit you with a client. But they had a colorist using that or they just bought the luster? They have two colorists. One was living and well, the other one was like, okay, I, I have read like 300 pages. I, I didn't understand much. So do you have anything to tell me? Said, yeah. And he told me like something like everything is in the book. <laughs> so that was a good, that was a good help. Then. Yeah, it was. So I did it by myself, mainly, mainly because there, there wasn't not too many out of the lasters in Madrid at that oh. point. So maybe it was like two or yeah. not more. So it was something like okay, try and error, try and error, and but it works, you know. So and that would have been what late. Like oh nine oh eight that sort of time. Uh, Two thousand seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So that was the time when um, it probably when the Verizol first came out and there was base light lusters, Quantel, Pablos, and we're still talking about the what we'd call heavy iron color correctors. Yeah. And it was all feature film work then. Yeah, mainly. Well, mainly, yes, short films, feature films, yeah. And you were still grading then digitally, but the main output was for film, wasn't it? Projection. Yeah. So that means you were grading with film outlets and then checking in the cinema, making yeah. the prints. Yeah, it was another building, but we have the two rooms where we're together, just with a corridor in the middle. Yeah. So it was digital and photochemical projection. So just finish, do your recording, your prints and just check it in the room beside. Huge advantage because I was uh, grading films back then but at the time wasn't grading digital films in a lab and going up the guys like yourself who had the advantage of the lab where you could check something. It's almost everyone was on the same team but occasionally when we'd go to somewhere and we'd sit down and maybe things didn't look quite right and everybody's looking at each other going, well, we did our bit, correct? And their lab are looking at, well, it looks all good for us. And it doesn't look so good on the screen. It was really hard. Yeah, it and was. We, we had some tough challenges. Uh, yeah, it, it was even being inside a lab, it wasn't Still. easy. It wasn't easy. Because you know, sometimes with, uh, you know, we were talking about people with 50 years old, 60 years old, working in the lab, say, okay, we can do it. We have different choices to do that. So, no, we don't have. We have negative and we have prints. No, but we can try to do this and we can try. We wanted to move. And even working here, sometimes you have issues with this. So sometimes I just go, make my grade, finish the color correction, approve for, with DOP, director, and go to the, you know, for the recording. And sometimes I was my, myself going to the every laser yeah. and just, you know, checking different things, different testing with different gammas, different things. I, all the every laser, every laser has all this, uh, a lot of, you know, things that you can trick around just to yeah. give if you want more density or negative or no. So you have things that you can move. So I was my myself say, I asked for, uh, can I just lose, I don't know, 50 meters, 100 meters of film? Okay, go on. So I go there, just start to film like 10 seconds this way, 10 seconds this way, 10 seconds this way, and try error, try error with my approved digital gradient. Yes. Just try to get advantage of the film recording more than the lab. Because it was difficult even being here. So, well, a lot of testing with this.
it was a huge and amazing way to learn how the film works, how the light works in the film. Yeah, I mean, that leads on to my next question. Now, the main, and we're talking feature films, the main consideration is probably not a cinema version, is it? Because do you think now when you're grading a feature, are you still thinking big screen cinema? Or you're thinking this film's gonna make more money on a smaller screen? Or an iPad, are you considering that or are you still thinking the same? No, I don't. I, maybe I should, but I, I think same. I think the way of you see the film, even young people, if you see a film, you see the difference. If you've seen something done in the 70s or in the way that it was done in the 70s, you feel it. It doesn't matter if you are going to consume it in a mobile form. Yeah. You, you have to go there because yeah. how the gamma works, how mm -hmm. the colors works, how the colors uh, embed, say embed, just, it's how, how they mix, the colors mix yeah. in the photochemical break. Yes. If you can get this in digital, you will always win, always. So, that's, so that experience has really helped you now when we're just grading you know, digitally, we're not making any film out prints, it's going for digital projection. That experience that you had with that whole photochemical process and going through that has helped you. I think it's the main background. I think, yeah. As a viewer, you know, just all of us, we have seen hundreds and thousands of films and everything is inside of your head and the, the mm. way you grade is, you know, it's, uh, came from that. Yeah. But also, if you have this, uh, sometimes I, some producers used to tell us, it says, y you have a difference here that all of you, most of you, were, you started with the photochemical, you know, you kill it. <laughs> but you started with the photochemical. So you have this. If so, if somebody came and said, we want that, you don't have to check. You don't have to get any reference. You, you have the that the feeling. You know. It's, I mean, for me, it's just the feeling that it, it, it works. You are grading. You find that a red. Say that red. It doesn't exist in Kodak. Mm. Or yeah. that green. It's you know, greens used to be more cyan with Fuji. Whatever. Yeah. You know. You have yeah. this thing. You have a lot of labs. Uh, on the internet and you can use it but I think it's more it's more amazing try to do it by yourself and try to find why it works I, I, I don't like to use lots of course I mean most colors I guess but but this point is like okay do it yourself you know yeah you can try yeah no that's how you learn isn't it hmm. yeah yeah so Pedro Almondovar did I pronounce nearly? Was that good? No. <laughs> oh, you say it. Pedro Almodovar. Pedro Almodovar. Well, oh. you're getting close. You're getting close. So, yeah, I, I've heard of him, and there was a the film, The Skin. I mean, The Skin, The Skin and Living. Yeah, so big film. Yeah. Did very well. Tell me about the experiences in that, and that that was a few years ago now, wasn't it? Twelve. The year, yeah, no, I think it was before 2000, oh. or maybe or 11, 12. 12. No, yeah. no, no, it wasn't 12, it was 2010. So, that was still the main output was photochemical prints, mm -hmm. film projection, yeah. And how is that working? Is he very hands on in the grade, or not so much? Is it DP, director driven grade? Well, with the um, with uh. Almodovar, I, I, he loved to come to the lab and see, you know, one reel. He's more that kind of director. I think it's the right way. Yeah. So it came with your eyes clean and yeah. you don't have to know where every max, you know, you have a mass secondary, you have a problem here, you did, yeah. you did a tricky thing in a frame. For me, it's the, the, the best way. You say, okay, you just tell me when you have a reel and I came. So, okay, it's okay, tomorrow it's okay, tomorrow. So he came, see 20 minutes of film, say, 
everything's cool or I would like to this and this or whatever. So it's the DOP the one who used to be all the time. So you were sitting with the DP every day, part every other day and you do some stuff on your own or how did how did that normally work? Or is it always different? Oh, it's different. It depends. You know, it depends on the director. Some some the DPs. Some DPs love to be here all the time, but no, mainly I I, I would say I fifty percent of the time I by myself. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, I'd say it's the same. Yeah, yeah because well, uh, Spanish film industry is not huge. It's not very big, so it's easy to work again with the same people within two, three years, four years. So uh, I have done like eight films with uh, Jose Luis Alcainis, used to be the DP for Almodovar. Maybe we have done together like eight films or ten. Or some, so some, sometimes it's like, well, okay, I'm shooting outside Madrid, so go on. I will go there in two weeks. So. Sometimes it's like this, you know, just by just by phone, they just give you something, you know, sign info and go on. And do, you, do they try and get you to grade their films or is it depends on budgets where they go here? How does it work here? Because I know sometimes there's a, a DP wants to work with a certain colorist, but because of a production company or a studio, they're locked to go to somewhere else. Or is it, is it pretty much like when you get as a certain director or DP, you go, well, I'm using these people as my film. Is that how it works? Well, I mean, I guess it must be the same everywhere, but it depends on the money, of course. Yes. But uh, we used to work with the same people. Mm. You know, it's something like a director came, Especially if, if they had problems grading in other places or whatever, it's like come here if you don't have any problem, just go on. So they don't ask again. It's like okay, give me a good price. I don't want to go anywhere. But there are good colorists in Madrid. There are like four or five companies with great colorists in Madrid. So sometimes when I get this phone call, like okay, I would like, I would love to do the film with you. Okay, that would be great. But it would be great if you do it there in another company. Because in Madrid, there's, I would say, there's like 10, 12 people just grading, yeah, top level. Great. That's good. I mean, there is a lot of stuff going on here. I'm, I'm yeah. really impressed. So just tell me about your room. So we're in a, a grading theatre, and it's, it's a reasonably sized room. We're probably, you know, 20 metres off the screen. There's a fair-sized screen there. And... We're looking at a resolve, but that's not always the case. It's pretty new, isn't it? Well, uh, I used to grade with the Autodesk Luster, so we changed like uh, 18 months ago. Uh, we had one resolve and one luster, and we decided or move to another one, base laid or whatever, mm. or what we wanted was like, okay, we need, a, we need to share projects, rooms, yes. Yes. and things like that. We, yeah. we, so the easy way for us was going to resolve. We were really happy with the decision. So now we have three rooms with three resolves and five colorists, and we can just, you can grab here with a big screen, but with a client, but you can go with the Dolby just to do some things in the same film. And, Using the Dolby monitor is nice for grading future films, so you can do yep. some job there. And then back here to the future films, to the projection, just to finish and present to the clients. And that's a lot of stuff you can do if you can, if you have the same color corrector for, for the whole building. Yeah. yeah. You have a Zabarco projector? Yeah. And yeah. we're looking at the X300, the HDR Sony? Yeah. So you obviously bring that in and out if you're doing a TV job, HDR job. Otherwise, that's moved out. You're grading at the projector. Exactly. And uh, you know, so the seats are the normal configuration, sitting in front of the colorist, and uh, down there. Now you have your DP sitting up the fr up here with you normally. Yeah, so that's high. That's yeah. Outside. So we're looking there. We're looking straight down there, and then we're looking at the same things. Do you? grade 
everything on a feature? Do you have an assistant that does a first pass or do you have anyone doing any mats or shapes or anything? No. No, no, no. In future films, never. Sometimes if the other color is, uh, some of the junior color is, has more, some time, uh, it's like, okay, if you don't have nothing to do, you have this one if you want to go on. But no, mainly no. So it's, we try that every color is, it doesn't matter if you have 20 years of experience or two years or just six months, we try to find a, a project for everyone. So that we try that way to uh, give the widest services, you know, okay, we can do this, maybe I will start, a senior colorist, but uh, we can do it together with uh, one of our uh, youngest colorists, so we can serve. But I, I don't, f I don't, I don't really like the assistant colorist mm. point of view. I think yeah. because I, I mean maybe because I was, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't uh, assistant. I, I started like colorist. You are there. Yeah. So just learn and sit and start. So I think it's better for everyone if, you, if they have their own project with clients yes. and they have to manage from the beginning to the end. Um, of course, we are here. Um, I can supervise whatever if they need it that they don't need it. They work lovely. So it's like, you know, they can go on just by themselves, by themselves without any help. And Sansa says, hey, take a look at this. Okay, it was pretty cool. I'll try this one. But, but I don't really like to make a lot of like, okay, this this is not for me. You know, <coughs> this mask is for you. Yeah. No, I never did that. I don't like this point. So just we've had a tour of Deluxe walking around and it is a, a real post house that you think in the tradition of post houses with infrastructure, conforming rooms, sound rooms. They obviously used to have a lab running here. So you do have a lot of support, and not only for features, and you're talking about the Netflix shows and things. So if you grade a feature, and we were talking about the amount of deliverables now, do you oversee and grade the deliver sorry, deliverables for, say, internet, TV, all of those? Or does someone else take your master film uh, D D DCI grade and change that and convert all of that. Well, yeah, we we are in the same building. That's really easy. We we have a color scientist in Barcelona. We serve with Deluxe Barcelona, so he came a lot of time and mm. not only for calibrate things. You know, he's always giving us like a lot of if you need any lat, any conversion, any delivery yes. things. So we used to go. You know, like, okay, it, it, we finish the render, it goes to the delivery team, and they made all the things, and they have a lot of, you know, stuff for do this kind of point, this kind of things, was that they, the deliveries. Um, they used to call us and say, okay, do you want to just go in app and take a look and just check if this, some future films has, you know, you have a day for night or you have a really dark, future yeah. film sometimes we did you know different deliveries here yes but mainly we try to go on with our color scientists and the mm -hmm. delivery team and just check it just go and check go and check there <laughs> making phone calls all the time can you come here and make yeah. a phone? just check this but that's a good point because you can go on with your clients and make new gradients and um um you know company keep going so it's, yeah that's the way we do it yeah no it's a good it's a good it's a good way when you've got that really tight and you can put a a good trip um you know con uh what am i trying to say edit cut uh <laughs> a, tr a transform when you can transform from uh, obviously your different uh delivery formats so we're seeing more and more of these TV shows that are coming to prominence, and I said, uh, talking about Elite, and I know you've been doing some Netflix work, and 
the standard of this stuff is pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty high. I mean, I've seen some of the trailers that you guys have been doing. Uh, do you enjoy that work, the serious stuff? I haven't, I haven't that done any TV show until one year ago. Really? One year and a half. When it changed to Resolve, the first thing that I did was Elite Season 1. Wow. Um, you know, it's, um, with the other senior callers here, uh, Timo, uh, we, we always talking that we are the, prefer, the perfect uh, teammates because it's like, it's a future, I prefer to, that, you know, to do a future film or TV show and I don't really like to do commercials. Uh, he's the opposite. He's like, oh, he always wants to do the commercials and then TV shows, the future films, they don't really like it. So it's like, it's changed everything. But now we have a lot of TV shows. So uh, I started like eight months ago. Elite was the first one, yeah. Um, I really enjoy it, you know. I, I, season one was filmed but I was sued but two DPs I, I have worked with them right. both uh, with films future films so we knew each other we you know real friends is pretty nice people so it was like doing a long future film but it was the same feeling the same everything you know Elite was shot here in Madrid yep and did you get involved at an earlier stage or only once it's all done we got a car this show, or did you have any involvement? Yeah, we, we used to. You saw we always use. try to make some color testing, camera testing, and you know the lenses, um, cameras as well. And, and obviously, just came here. If you, they, they want to see even in the projection, big screen. Try to fill it in, even if it's for the TV. But uh, we try to make you know. That they feel comfortable with the whole thing, and we we make some corrections for the college, and you know some pretty things just for just to know which way going. Did you pre-make any LUTs for them that are used on set or looking? Not in, in season one, no. Uh, uh, we did it in season three. Okay. Because uh, Netflix. Uh, uh, Ask us to uh, make a daily's uh, aces process all the time. So uh, we we did a, we did a lot yeah. inside aces okay. just to try to see how it works in yes. a non aces environment. As the right, camera, yeah. the camera you, yes. know, you cannot load an aces. No. So we did. That it works perfectly, which is not really nice because it's everything that they've done is perfect here. You just bring everything, it works pretty nice. And where did you make those LUTs? Did you make them and grade them up in here with the DP? Is that how you made them? And well, I was there and they were shooting, so they kind of they couldn't come here. Mm -hmm. So okay. I did it and sent it to the okay. to the DIT and. We were talking like yeah. a couple of days. Let's try this and check this one and another one darker or whatever, and we just try and it works. How do you like working in Aces? From one to ten, because <laughs> that's new for you as well, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's. Uh, I think I feel pretty comfortable with yeah. Aces. I, I must say I like it. Yeah. But there are a couple of things that I don't like. Nice something, some shows that I prefer not to use aces. Okay, what would that be, can you say? Well, there's some kind of darkness, shadows, the way the shadows, uh, it's... Uh, I, I, maybe it's my problem, I don't have maybe the, the full experience. Yes. And there's something that I am missing, but uh, there's something there that I... I don't really get it for some kind of shows. Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard that from some people, and again, some people say that yeah, they pick and choose the jobs that they work in. But generally, I think getting really 
positive experiences about using with Asus. Yeah, yeah, we, for me too. We were using it in the class today, and it just, you know, it was just completely different. And these students, they were advanced colorists, but probably more TV stuff, breaking into series, and it just was opening their eyes to a little bit of, oh, this could be a little bit easier, and I can see more into that, and this this is nicer, and that night shot worked better. So I think uh, and I think it is a, is a bit of a learning curve as well when it's been something different. And the HDR thing that we're talking about as well, but we just graded SDR and finished, and that was it for years, wasn't it? Or you finished for... Uh, for a digital cinema and that was it but now there's a lot of learning curves coming in with these series so in a way that's good because it's forcing us to learn things we've got to get up to speed quite quickly how about hdr how do you like that well i love it for me it's uh best thing that happens in the last five years you know it's uh it's beautiful it's funny to grade it's uh I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's here to stay. It's, it's, this is not going to be just for a while. HDR is going to be the. It's going to be the main television for. I mean, I don't know. Maybe a couple of years. Maybe five years. I don't know. But it's, it's pretty amazing how yeah. how it looks. Yeah. You know, when when you change to SDR again, it's something like the monitor is broken. <laughs> it's, it's, that feeling of something's wrong. Uh, I love it, you know, I really like it. And are the DPs involving you and they discussing what they can do to make the HDR, you know, better for them, things they're doing with lights, things they're doing to help you? Are you pushing thing, different things when you're grading it? How well, it's different movement, you know, there's a different thing. But no, no not for grading. I, I, when I started, I, I thought that it was... It, it will be more difficult, but but I think it's not. You know, just sit and try, and you you find your problems in the first week, so you fix it, and that's yes. all. It's 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 not it's not really difficult uh, for me. It wasn't, but um, but it's pretty nice to talk with the DPs now and say, okay, why don't you try to uh, underpose everything and let's try to overgrade everything and see what happened or we, yeah. we have a lot of talking about that so yeah. because we found like it's like you have you always have your contrast curve and with hdr is like okay you can have a contrast curve for this part and you can have another contrast curve for the highlights you can yeah you can have shadows soft shadows and you know contrasty highlights or, or the opposite you know it's like now you can play with this and it's amazing if you you, know, if you try to to you know typical car sequence with uh, this highlights outside yeah. the car and now you can play shadows uh, inside the car soft and yeah. pretty you know, you can pick any color and put it whatever, and you can go on the outside and you can see whatever, but you can contrast if you want. But for me, it's amazing. HDR is pretty, pretty, pretty. It's really funny. You know? And you, you're Dolby Vision for your Netflix shows, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, and again, I just think it's just, it's just a great thing to get involved and learn. But I think you do learn. I think it's a learning thing for the DPs as well, for them to come along. I just say, you know, just sort of test a lot and try and get in with the colorist and sit and see how things behave on the monitors. Are they monitoring HDR for these shows on set? Is that, it's got to be a hard thing to do, no. isn't it? They used to have a small, small monitor maybe, but, but not a wood one. You know, the, you, you kind of go with a 30,000 euros monitor to... Not, not not in Madrid. <laughs> not no, in Madrid. I don't think anywhere. <laughs> not I think in Madrid. Uh... No, no, no. They we have made our tests before the shooting, and they have seen what to do and what you know when you don't have to do. So it's uh, like okay, just try to keep everything inside and try not to clip in. It's a bit like back to the film days with a light meter, isn't it? No one really knew what it was going to be like, and the DP light meter out, lights there, that, and 
bit the same. I think if the DP's got confidence, it's throwing it back a bit like those sort of days. Where but it's but it's good for them. You yeah. know, it's uh, I think it's good for them. No, that, there's not. I think there's not a huge problem if you are not doing nothing radical. You know. Yeah. You know, you can fix a lot of things in HDR. You have a lot of room for you know to try to accommodate the signal in the way yes. in, in the waveform. So no, I, I'm I think it's I would say it's even easier than SDR. Yeah. No, well, that's interesting. That's yeah, but you know, you have these highlight things that yeah. is clipping SDR and everything. Yeah. Just if you want to tint it a little bit, you have to clip one of the channels yes. down if you want it yellow and this is in the yeah. in the light and now you have a lot of room. Yeah. So you can do this, but you you everything is there. It's, Naturally it's, easier, and you're using less shapes and things like that to pull areas or drop depth into the image. Mainly for just trying to dark highlights. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> yes, because uh, the first HDR TV show that, that I, I did it was the the shooting was uh, SDR. So after I don't know three four weeks of shooting, some, some, somebody said, "Okay, we are going HDR." Uh, really? <laughs> well, maybe the DP would love to know that, <laughs> that this is going to change everything after that. But it works. We have to check, you know, try to clip it, highlights just to go down, tint a little bit. Even in HDR, tint a little bit, defocus them, blur them a little bit, just to make a sensation of highlight, diffuser. Um, but it, it works. It's, it's tricky. It's SDR trick for the HDR world, but it's useful. And now that we are in the third season, there's a lot of new things happening in HDR. How the DPs are starting to see in HDR yes. in, in, while they're shooting. So yeah. it's like, no, 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 just going down because this guy is going to be gorgeous and it's going to be amazing in HDR. But if we just go in really, really, we have a lot of light, we kind of get it. So they're starting to change this point of view. It, it, it will take uh, yes. years, but uh, I'm pretty happy with that. The International Colors Academy specializes in classroom training around the world. The classroom is the ultimate way to learn. So whether you want to become Resolve certified or learn the subtleties of HDR grading, the ICA has a class for all levels, beginner to master class. You can find us at iColorist.com. This, this evening I have this podcast in Dallas. I only ask for a t-shirt. This t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. I have it tomorrow, I will have yeah, it here. Cool. I love it. Thank you so much. Good, both. good, good. Wow. They have different models, but all the people want no, this one. Like <laughs> one. Yeah. This one is the one. It's the one, yeah. All the colorists will know that one. I'm not sure about the DPs. <laughs> I'm not sure how they, they feel. should. <laughs> Do we go and have a walk outside and sample of the Madrid evening? Yeah, we'll try. Let's do that. Yeah. Great, thank you. Cheers. 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 So this this is your your local bar to deluxe. How would you describe it? Well, this is a regular and wonderful bar in Madrid. This is nice food and, you know, you have for a couple of beers and you have ham, Spanish ham. And so it's the place we used to come when you need some fast food or you bring something and be back to the, to the grading room. So that's our place. Yeah. It's, it's very much a, a sitting outside lifestyle you have here, isn't it? Food, few plates of food coming up. And, different beers and cocktails, it's good. It seems very relaxed. Yeah, this is a neighborhood. Most of the people now at this time, eight o'clock at night, there's people living in the buildings around. 
And they just go in before dinner to have a drink and just talk to friends and that's it. When you're working, what's what's your ideal sort of work day in terms of hours? Does it stretch out when it gets to you know crunch time on a job, or do you go well? This is the the sweet spot in the number of hours you want to do in a day. I am. I used to be lucky with this. Uh, I tried to work eight hours, an eight-hour shift is enough to do a good job. Um, over that point, you have to check everything the day after because yeah. there, there will be a lot of problems. Or there will be a lot of things that uh, with press eyes you don't like. Yeah. So I, I try to work hardly eight hours, not less, no more. Yeah, I, I'm exactly the same. And uh, we, we all have these stories of these long hours and pulling these long sessions, but. No, I, I'm, just, I don't do that. It, because the job, you know, we're concentrating so much on stuff. We're looking for faults, noise, grain, any sort of artwork. Just concentrate. It's just tiring. Any more than that, you know, you're just wearing out. Did you find HDR makes a difference? Looking yeah. at it, does. HDR make me smoke again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh... It just makes it smoke. <laughs> Yeah, you have to stop more, you have to go outside and see the sunlight for a while to see a real thousand nits sun or yeah. whatever. Yeah, you have to stop a little more. Um, it's the first week or the first two weeks are really tired, really tired. But it's, it's just in the beginning. So I want to talk to you about Netflix because you've had a bit of experience. There's going to be a lot of people listening here going, you know, I'd love to get involved with a Netflix show. Or some, how hard is it? And how many, you know, to get a show through and over the line? Is, is it really difficult? Has it been a hard experience? I must say no. It's the opposite. It's not different. Not difficult at all. It's, uh, I feel we are, you know, it's like having a vatigor. Not it's uh, Netflix is like having a vatigor. I, I feel that I can ask anything. You know, I the first thing that I grade in Aces was for Netflix. First thing that I grade uh, HDR was for a for Netflix. It was something like, okay, guys, there's something I need to know that I not knowing now, and yeah. they say, okay, let's check. What's your point? What are you? I know this, I know this, I know that I can't do that. And okay, be careful with this because they are always trying to help you. Yeah. Always trying to help you. And they have a really good way of doing things. You know, we want this kind of material. 4K has to be a real 4K, pixel by pixel. Yes. Has to be a real perfect HDR, we want to like this. Creativity is your point. Yeah. DP, director, colorist, they don't talk anything about creativity. Yeah. But all the rest is like, if you need anything, you have it. You just have, you have a lot of emails or mobile phones to just make a phone to say, I, I'm not pretty sure if I'm doing something wrong. And say, okay, let's check it. What are you doing? Do you deal with, is there Netflix Spain you deal with or you, do you deal with London or where's your local, you've got many offices I know. Uh, there is an office here in Madrid, but uh, technically we used to talk with LA or with London. Yeah. It used to be our main connections, used to be those, but, but they have people all around the world. Yeah, and I heard they're very sort of hands-off during the productions. And obviously, and I've also heard if you get things right and you deliver it right for what they want, they're really cool. Uh, obviously, people are not doing that and they're not delivering it to the right specs. And I believe that what they have done is really up the standards and that's why these shows look so good. And I think you've got to have those standards. You know. But it is good for everyone. Of course. You know, you, I think... The, I remember the first meeting with Netflix was like, I think I only said a word. It was like, can you do that? It was like, yes. That's all. Yeah, you don't have to explain yourself. You know, and we know, so yes, we can do it. 
The Netflix certified thing is they come to the facility and see what infrastructure you've got and what gear you've got and that sort of thing. Is that how that works? Well, we, we were working with them since the first TV show done in Spain for Netflix was uh, Cable Girls like four or five years ago. Yeah. So they were coming all the time. But they used to ask how we have the services, can do we do this point? But this is nice talking, you know, it's like, I don't feel them like clients at all. That's great to know, yeah. I don't feel them like clients at all. So I think that they want people to do things the best way possible. The thing I've got from being here for a week, spending a week in, in Bogota, in Colombia, the people are sort of waking up now that Spanish originated language material, it could be huge. And it's a bit of a sleeping giant with the amount of Spanish people, the amount of content they want to take up. And it's, I think you're in a, it's a really good place. Yes, I, 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 I think there's, uh, we don't know how long it's going to be, or maybe it's, everything's here to say, but right now there's a lot of, work in Madrid for post-production a lot. There's uh, BFX or, you know, post-production, DI. There's a lot of job right now because there's a lot of shows, a lot of shows. Um, it looks like it's going to be a lot more next year. Some, it's pretty nice. We are, we are learning a lot. We are just yeah. like it's growing. We feel like we're growing because we are a small market. You know, we know each other, all of us, you know, you, you probably, you know, all the colors in Madrid or, you know, yeah. like 50% of the BFX people in Madrid because you share birthdays or yeah. football matches. So we used to play football with another company. So, you know, it, a lot of people and you talk to them, we all talk and say, this is a lot. we need more people. So. In terms of that market, I think it could spin around and English-speaking people are going to be watching the Spanish shows with subtitles, more so. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. happening. Do you think the English are going to dub them like your, your Spanish They group? are dubbing. <laughs> I think they are dubbing. I think Elite, I'm pretty sure, but I think Elite is dubbing. Oh, English. really? Is it? Dubbed? I think That's so. Interesting. I would check it, but I, I probably it is. Probably. That would be a surprise for me. You have uh, or money hazed. I don't know, but maybe <laughs> some of them are, are dubbing. Probably. Oh, well, I know I said there was billboards all over Colombia for the show when I was down there. Mm. Lots of billboards for lots of shows. So, so going forward, I think it's going to be cool. Really good. <laughs> now, are you a Atleti fan or a Real fan? Atleti, Atleti. Atletico siempre. Yeah, I hear a lot of that. I went there the other night and it was amazing. It was really good. 56,000 in that stadium. This is a nice new stadium. And there was a lot, lot of passion there, I must admit. It helped the fact they went 2-0 down, so that got people a bit <laughs> excited. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. It was really good. In terms of Madrid, do you have studios here? Is there much shooting studio space that productions want to use when they come here? Or? They're growing now because of Netflix and Amazon. They're coming and they're building new studios. But uh, I wouldn't say if it's bigger than other places. I don't I, I can say. Yeah. But, but the thing with Spain is, is we have a lot of space around the city because we were planning to make the Olympic Games like 20 times, so they save a lot of space around yes. the city. Yeah, you were. Uh, um, we, never, we never get it, so we have a lot of space around Madrid, thanks to that. And the other point in Spain is in, in one hour playing, you have everything. You have, you know, you have the highest mountains, you have uh, wet weather, Places, greeny forest or desert, sandy beaches in the south. 
So there's a, a Spain is, is, is it has a lot of different geography in one hour by plane or two hours by car. So you can suit a lot of things. There's pretty quite New Zealand that you can have from the bottom to the top. You have a lot of different. You can be in Miami or you can be in Norway in in in, in a one hour plane. You know. Snow skiing and water skiing in the same day. Yeah. Yeah, you, ha you have that in Spain. So that's nice for shooting because you can plan everything in, in you know, just with uh, really close. And do you have a big rivalry with Barcelona, the people there? Or it's just friendly banter? or Well, is it, well so, it is for me. But, but like I, football is the same everywhere. The same as the UK, big rivalry in football. And in film and TV, are they doing similar things to you? Or that you... Madrid the hub you'd say for Spain or is it similar? No, I think it's similar. About the same. Yeah. yeah. I've never been as I say, first time I've been in Spain, so I haven't been there, but I hear I hear great things the overall country. It's good. And is it mainly Madrid, Barcelona? Do you have other film and T V hubs like Valencia or there are some production companies in the in the Basque Country or in Galicia? There's a lot of shooting in Canary Island, but mainly the production companies are in Madrid or Barcelona. That's cool. Right, it's been fantastic chatting. And, uh, <laughs> sorry about my English. Oh, I'm no, so no, sorry. No, I'm sorry. My uh, my Spanish. Uh, hey, buddy, how are you? Oh, no, I don't smoke. <laughs> good, young, clean living man I am. Um, yeah, no, it's been really good. Thanks for sharing your experiences. And, uh, you got some cool stuff going on here, and uh, I think it's been it's been really good to see what you've been doing. So, thank you for the beer and the the tapas. It's beautiful. It's just starting to get dark now. We're sort of eight thirty, so uh, but it's beautiful temperature. So we're going to pop inside and might sample one or two more. Thanks, man. Cheers. Kaching. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please tune in next month for another edition. If you have enjoyed the pod, then please leave feedback on iTunes or iColorist.com. Who would you like to see featured on the next Color Tour podcast? You can contact me at Color Tour Pod on Twitter.